married wife, saith the Lord. See who said that? The Lord said that. Enlarge thy place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine inhabitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, strengthen thy stake, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles. So make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Amen. And while you're there, if you would just jump one chapter ahead, Isaiah 55, beginning at verse number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Father, I'm asking today, Lord, that you will speak and minister to each and every one of us that are here, Lord. God, I appreciate the opportunity, Lord, to stand into your presence, Lord, and these great men. But, God, I'm asking that your will will be done, Lord. I'm asking, God, that your vision will be presented, Lord, that, God, that we will spring forth and that we will go and do what you've called us to do. I'm asking in the glorious name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Would you say in Jesus' name? You may be seated. Amen. Amen. The Bible talks about rain and snow. We understand rain. We get it. Um, What rain does for us, what rain does for our crops. But have you ever considered snow? What? Tell me what it's good for. (laughs) Snowman, and then it melts. It, you know, you have a little fun when you're a kid. You, you, you like sliding down the hillside. You like enjoying. But when you get to be older, you're like, tell me what it's good for. <laughs> Car going ditch. You know, you're not able to go this way or that way and even here today. But snow has been considered of many a time where everything is dormant. Things have died out. Uh, things have uh, come to a place where they're no longer growing and or existing. But I want to, I want us to understand something. Snow does not kill. What has killed was the season prior to that, what we call fall. It's a change. It's a transition. That's where with the beautiful leaves and stuff that we see colored, uh, we love to see them, but dying out is what brought that abroad, abroad. Dying out is what changed the color. Dying out is what caused you to go, oh, that's so beautiful. We don't like to hear that, but that's the truth of the reality. But when you consider snow here, what does snow do? Once things have died out, if it were, but we consider snow to kill everything, which it doesn't. Snow in the brutal cold and where there's a ton of snow piled outside and it's on the ground and, and you've got to shovel and move it. You question and you wonder, does it have a purpose? What does it mean? What, why do we need it? It looks like nothing is happening. We look out there and we see the beauty of it. You know, snow talks about how it covers things in which it does, but, but we see the beauty of it. But once somebody drives through it and someone else comes through it, the white becomes brown. It kind of gets a little ucky. Right. 
But we, we don't, we see only what's on top. We don't realize what's going on underneath. We don't realize what's happening beneath it. The, but what we understand, everything appears to be dead, but what we don't realize is that the promise that is given in the Word, the promise in the Word is not just rain. It says snow will bring forth Snow will bud, and snow will give seed to the sower and bread eater. Snow does that. Things that we don't like to do, things that is very cold, and you know we don't like to go out and into the cold, and it's it's something that we don't like to bundle up. We slip and fall, and all this stuff. But listen, rain and snow both bring forth God's promise. Both of them bring forth God's promise. Amen. And both of them at times can seem destructive. And both of them at times can can cause problems. Uh, but we must understand and realize uh, that just because it's not raining, sunshine, and, and the grass is not growing, and all we see is cold and snow, we got to realize that underneath that barrenness uh, is something ready to spring forth. Uh, it's something ready to resurrect. Uh, it's something ready to arise. Uh, why? Because God sent the snow, and God sent it to the sower and to the eater. Hallelujah. You say, well, that, what kind of a service is this? It's the Holy Ghost service. We're, we're taking the reins, and right? We're moving on. Amen. Praise God. So let, let me go on. But underneath the, this buried snow, God is working. Would you say amen? Amen. Brother and Sister Parker, this is what I believe the Lord wanted me to share with you and to tell you. Amen. Just like snow, we see that everything appears to be dormant and seeds uh, are nothing happening to what we have sowed and what we have done. Understand and realize that the work that God had called you to do at Calvary Apostolic Church, uh, realize that we must understand that underneath of it all, God is still working and God has worked. Uh, There has not been a message uh, that you have preached uh, and a lesson that you have teached uh, that will not reach turn void. It will prosper the thing God has called it to do. Would the apostolic church say amen? Calvary apostolic church. I'm sorry. Amen. His word shall accomplish the thing for which he had sent it. As surely as the water Surely as water, as the earth is watered by snow and rain, as it brings forth life. The Word of God goes on to say, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish all which I have pleased, and it shall prosper. Understand something. There is a huge difference between should and shall. Should saying it should prosper. It should go forth. It should accomplish. But that is not what God is saying. God is not saying my word should do these things. My God is saying it shall do these things. What you taught shall come to pass. What you believe shall happen. Why? Because under the snow, seeds are beginning to be watered. And something is going to spring forth because you've laid a foundation that God could build upon. Hallelujah. 
Know ye not that your labor is not in vain? Hallelujah. Brother and Sister Parker assumed the pastorate of Calvary Apostolic Church in April of 2011. From Brother and Sister Leroy Bell, after have serving 16 years on the island of Okinawa, Japan, a soldier, an aimer, a missionary, pastor in area coordinate for the Asian military, the ministries of Japan, and they were the first United Pentecostal Church international missionaries that opened the field in Magola. And they left that, not knowing what God had planned for them, but God said it's time to quit, come home, and ended up being a pastor here. God has a purpose. God has a season. Amen. We read that in Ecclesiastics, but I'm not going to go there. Since coming to the Wisconsin district in 2009, Brother Parker has served over nine years as presbyter for this great section here, section four. He's just up the street from me, but I'm in section three. It's a long street, but it's just up the street. And Sister Parker has served for eight years as the ladies, or as the Wisconsin District Lady Secretary. They have both done a tremendous job and served this district well. Can we applaud them for that? They have both served and done this church well while doing all of that. Can we applaud them for that? They have done all this while serving this church as their pastor, serving you as their men's leader, their ladies' leader, teaching. With all of this that they had to do, they apparently found time. Not apparently, they did. Somewhere they found time. To write books. Anybody ever read their books? While doing this, they found time to develop and also post daily morning manna. And again, publishing their books. Sister Parker, she makes birthday cards, anniversary cards, special day cards. I had to get a tooth pulled out and I received one from her. They're my friends, friends that you can just be yourself with. Don't have to pretend to be anything you're not. I'm just, pardon the expression, if anybody's in here named Jane, I don't mean to do anything, but you can just be plain Jane. This is who I am. And they have accepted my wife and I and our children into their family. But anyways, let's get back. Sister Parker, she makes birthday cards and special day cards for all of her church members, their children. Not only there, but also for the sectional ministers and their wives, district leaders and their wives. 
She has served well. She represents God well. Amen. Sister Parker also oversees the United Pentecostal Church Ladies Ministry webpage. She serves on this church board as secretary and treasurer. She teaches and mentors young ladies and ministers' wives throughout the United Pentecostal Church International in your community. Sitting in their living room last night, they were fielding phone calls that people were calling them. Their ministry goes beyond just here. How blessed you were to have them. Amen. How blessed you were to have them. Sister Parker prays for and encourages her husband. That's why he is what he is. What is he? What's he always say? I'm blessed and highly favored. Why? Because he has a virtuous wife. Amen. Sister Parker, we love you. I'm not taking anything from Brother Parker. I'm just telling you, she's completed him. She's completed him. She prays for her husband. She prays for their children. She prays for her daughter-in-law, their son-in-law. She prays for all the surrogate children and grandchildren that come running to her. She prays for you, church. In all of this, she has never been paid for any of it. But one day the Lord is going to say, great is thy reward. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Brother Parker, you're a great man. Sister Parker, you're a great woman. You felt God prompting you to leave the mission field, not really knowing everything and what God had in store. You returned to the cross, looking to support, attend, and do whatever you can to a church. And God called you to be the pastor. Church, for the past nine years, Brother and Sister Parker has poured and laid a foundation. They have poured and laid a foundation. They have taught you the importance of truth. They have taught you the how and the why you should love truth. They have taught you that you should buy the truth and not sell it. They have poured into this church the fundamental aspects of what it means to have good, godly Christian character. They have taught discipleship class. They have told the importance about being dedicated and committed and having endurance to fight the good fight of faith. They have poured that into you. It's in this foundation. It's here today. Amen? They have taught men. Brother Parker has taught a man how to be a man. And Sister Parker has taught ladies how to be a virtuous, godly woman. They have poured into you that if you would just fall in love with Jesus, if you would just fall in love with Jesus, everything else will fall into its place. That's what they taught you. 
That's what's in this foundation. That's what's in the fiber of this building. But you as the members of this church, this is who you are. They taught you that. You are ready for battle. Amen? They have taught you the importance of remaining faithful to God's Word. They have taught you the importance of loving God's Word. I've said that before. And the reason they remind you that if you would love God and you would love His Word and remain to that, that nothing, nothing will ever offend you. They've taught you to look on to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Through the years, I have admired Brother Parker to where he has never, ever compared himself with anyone else. I tell you that firsthand, because I know that. There have been times where I've been discouraged as a pastor in just talking to him. And he would encourage and remind me in many days not even know he is. It's about him. It's not all about this. He remains faithful. And I need to remain faithful. Am I doing okay today? So they have taught you how to love God and why you should love God. And if you do so and you love God's word, nothing will offend you. And through all of this, some may have questioned, where's God? And some may have said, I don't see anything happening in lacrosse. Some may say that I don't even realize what's going on. Why would you stay there? Why would you do that? But listen to me. Maybe all you see is snow, but you don't know what's happening underneath of the snow. Maybe all it looks like is there's nothing out here and it's just me and, and, and Sister Parker or whatever Brother Parker may think. And I, don't, I know he's got a military mind. He don't think like that, but he's a human being. But under the snow, seeds have been planted. A foundation has been laid. A starting point is ripe and ready for a revival like it's never been seen before. And it's not, and I'm not taking anything from you folks. I am not. But it's because, Brother Becker, you do not have to start down here. You don't have to start down here. Would you stand with me a minute, my friend? Brother Becker, you don't have to start at ground zero. You can start right here where this man left off. And you can pick up where this man left off. Sister Becker, you can pick up where she left off. And we're going to begin to grow. And we're going to begin to move. It's not has nothing to do with It's about the foundation that has been laid. I don't have to start again because God has called me to take over where Somebody has left off. Would you shout unto the Lord? Hallelujah. 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 Amen.
the danger that we have is thinking that we need to push everything else to the side. But God has not called you. I'm switching now. Brother and Sister Becker, God has not called you to move and to push everything out. He's called you to climb up on top. You are ready now because underneath the snow, seeds are beginning to get wet and the bud is going to come forth and, and the bread is going to come. Amen. And somebody's going to eat. And somebody's going to find God. If you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Brother and Sister Becker, some would say that you have some big shoes to fill. But to that, I would say this. God has not called you to fill any shoes. God has not called you to fill their shoes. He's called you to take over where he is pulling them away. Does that make sense? I'm not taking anything from you, Brother Parker. You're a great man. Sister Parker, you are a great, you guys are great people. But listen, we can get ourselves messed up thinking we need to try to fill someone else's shoes. God called you to be you and be you. Be who you are. Don't compare yourself to Brother and Sister Parker. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Just stand in the presence of God Almighty and just get the vision and the direction that God has called you to fulfill. Amen. Second Corinthians 12 or chapter 10 says this, uh, verse number 12, for we dare not compare ourselves uh, uh, among ourselves. Uh, amen. Uh, we, we ought not to do that. That's what he said. He goes on to say, for there are those by measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That's not your, your measuring stick is not can you do what the Parkers did. Your measuring stick is to take this beyond. I told my kids this, and pardon the personal uh, reference, uh, but I told my kids this. I said, I don't want you starting here. I want you to start on my shoulders and go from there. You don't need to start all over again. And I'm here to tell you, they're doing greater things than I've ever done. And, and I'm not angry, and I'm not upset, but what I'm saying, I laid that foundation, and I allowed them to go from there. And as a proud dad, I just say, listen to my kids. Look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. And my children, and, and again, my children, I'm just telling you, I'm encouraging you. At the age of four, my youngest daughter was playing drums in our home missions hotel. Does that mean she's a great... No, 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 no. She just wanted to do something. And I said, we need a drummer. Here you go. And now she's the drummer in our church. And when we go to other churches, they're like, can your daughter play for us? Listen to what I'm trying to say. Don't compare yourself to no one else. The rest of you understand this. Those of you who are going to fall into the pastorate of Brother and Sister Becker, don't compare them to Brother Parker. Don't don't squish their ministry because you're trying to compare them to the Parkers. They're not the Parkers. They're going to do it differently. But you need to embrace the vision that God has called them to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to hurry here. I'm sorry. I got a, there's a preaching spirit in here. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Amen. 
Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost here. But he goes on to say in verse number 14, for, for we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure. Brother and Sister Parker knew it was time for them to quit. Why? Because they were not willing to stretch themselves beyond where God has called them. I've seen many churches, and I commend you, I've seen many churches, heard of many churches, where the pastor would not release and let go when God was done and wanting someone to move on. These are wise people here. Why? Because they're not trying to stretch themselves beyond the measure. And you don't need, brother and sister Becky, you don't need to try to stretch yourself to fill their shoes. That's not what God called you to do. But here's what God called you to do. Let me, let me finish up a couple things here. We're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Ephesians 2.20 says this. We're built upon this foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief horn, cornerstone. In whom all, would you say all? That means previous and that means present. That means previous and that means future. We are all fitly framed together, growing into a holy temple in the Lord. Paul said it best this way. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So neither it is he that planteth anything or he that watereth anything, but it's God. It's God. Why does God say that? Because he said, under the snow, it's froze. It doesn't look like anything happened. Oh, but you don't know and you don't see what God sees. My ways are above your ways and my thoughts are above your thoughts. We're told, I read the scripture, we were told to enlarge our tent. We were told to stretch the curtains. We were told to spare not. We were told to lengthen the cord. We were told to strengthen the stakes. Stretch the inhabitation. The habitation was a home. It was a dwelling place or it was a residence. In the scripture setting, it's speaking of our current location here right now. I'm not talking about the building as much as I'm talking about the foundation that was laid. God is saying, go ahead and stretch it. It's not going to break. Go ahead and pull the curtains back. It's not going to break. Why? Because the foundation was laid on the Word of God. And you can stretch that. And God is inviting you to stretch that. He's inviting you to pull it back and lengthen the cords. Why? Because His foundation will not break. My word shall not go forth, and it shall not return unto me void. But God, brother and sister Becker, stand on their shoulders. God's asking you to stretch that foundation. God's asking you to grow, go from there. It's beautiful that you don't need to start all over. I said, it's beautiful. You don't need to start all over. Have you ever had to go to a church that took the doctrine the wrong way and a lot of things happened? You gotta start all over. You gotta start with Bible studies. You gotta begin again. You gotta get people grounded and rooted. You gotta let that healing pro, listen, we ain't gotta heal nothing here. We ain't gotta do nothing but stretch what has already been poured. We gotta do nothing but move back and allow God to pour out what He wants. Isaiah 54 and 3 says, Therefore thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left hand, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities inhabited. This is going to happen. 
It's going to happen. Maybe it's a little different service than what you're we're anticipating. But I feel God is saying, the foundation is laid. All you got to do now is stretch, build, keep going forward. Here we go. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm coming to a close with this scripture. 1 Corinthians 3. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, Brother and Sister Parker, a wise master builder, they've laid the foundation. And now what it says, first, it doesn't say Brother and Sister Parker in there. Those are my words. <laughs> you say, what kind of translation? I got the Parker translation. Didn't y'all get that? <laughs> he just took out God and he put his own word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said, I've laid the foundation and other build thereupon. But then he says this, but take heed how you build it. Don't worry about filling his shoes. Don't worry about, don't worry about doing it the way they did it. Church, don't worry about them trying to do it the way they did it. But we're going to build on this foundation and we're going to stretch what has already been done. What has already been given to me. Amen. Amen. At this time, again, thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of this great day. We're not done yet. So don't everybody run out the back door. All right. But uh, we've got a couple things that we want to share. Amen. You answered the call and obeyed God's command. He sent you here, we know you're in His hands. Your message from the Word touches all the very soul. We've seen your faithfulness, and we want you to know. Pastor, we love you. We appreciate all you do. And God sees the sacrifice you've made for Jesus Christ. You pray for the lost, and God leads them to the cross. And we know one day you'll hear your Father say, My child, well done. My child, well done. In the still quiet place, on your knees in prayer, God sees your tears, hears the burdens you bear. The Lord's by your side, blesses all that you do. Through the good and bad times, He'll see you through. Pastor, we And we know one day you will hear your father say, 
Greetings to Calvary Apostolic Church in La Crosse. I wish Sister Booker and I were able to be there on this special historic day for your church uh, as you have a transition from uh, Brother and Sister Parker uh, to Brother and Sister Becker. Uh, I would like to thank you for allowing your pastor for these many years to Brother Parker to be the presbyter of Section 4, nine years. He served and done an incredible job, and he served for many, many years as the pastor of uh, Calvary Apostolic Church. Uh, I want to honor Brother and Sister Parker for their incredible years of service. What a blessing they've been to the kingdom of God. What a blessing worldwide and to the state of Wisconsin, but especially to the church family there in La Crosse, in the city of La Crosse. What incredible people, and we honor Brother and Sister Parker. Of course, Brother and Sister Parker are dear friends of Sister Booker and I, and we love them and are so thankful that they're a part of our lives. Uh, the Bible tells us not just once, but a couple of times in Scripture, that pastors are a gift from God. Pastors were God's idea. And the Lord has blessed this congregation during this time of transition with a new uh, couple. Brother and Sister Robert Becker are, have been voted in to be the pastor of this great assembly. And the future is so bright. We're so excited for Brother and Sister Becker. And while we don't know them incredibly well, the times that we've been able to be around them, we have been so impressed with their godly, righteous character and their integrity. I'm excited about the future should the Lord tarry. The best days are yet ahead. The greatest what God is going to do on the cross is absolutely incredible. I really truly believe that the greatest harvest of souls is yet to come, but you're going to be a part of it, and Brother and Sister Becker are going to be leading the way. And so, again, I wish we could be there, but we pray God's richest blessings on you, uh, Brother and Sister Becker, Pastor and Sister Becker, and your family. In Jesus' name, amen.
as they're departing and as they're coming. And uh, I know this is not going to this is not going to be really enough to say how we really feel, but a small token of our appreciation for both of you, as God does this transition, and we're behind you both of you all the way. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. Hopefully you can see me. <laughs> I am Sister Jacobs. I do not like to speak in front of a crowd. <laughs> I'm Prosper's wife, Section 3. And I do not like podiums. Especially ones that are taller than me. <laughs> so anyways, I am here to do the the candle ceremony. Yeah. As you can see, I do not like, I can't even see the candles. <laughs> but this is a candle ceremony for the Beckers. And even though this is a ceremony, this is to represent um, the promises that you guys are going to pledge a transition into the church. And as Sister Vicky, right? Yes. She's going to light these candles to represent um, the transition, what you're going to pledge and promise. And even though these are just candles, it's what you're going to do in, to your heart. And it's not just, it's, even though you're, you guys are coming into the church as pastors, even though they're pastors, they're bringing their family in too. And sometimes um, the kids feel like they're being drugged into the ministry. Um, it, it's, it's a ministry to them, too. They are part of the ministry. And even though as being young children, yeah, young adults, actually, you guys, you guys are teenagers and young adults, even though you guys are being feel like this is maybe not a ministry to you right now. It, it truly is a ministry to you guys. And just let the Lord use you guys in whatever it is. And just keep the faith because it's very important. Very important. Even though your mom and dad have been called to this and you don't feel like you've been called, it's very important just to just to be here for your fam, for your mom and dad. Because the Lord has something for you guys too. Okay? It's very important. So that's what I want to say before I go on to this candle lighting. Because it, it sometimes gets hard on the children. So, so I just want to say that. So even though you guys are under your mom and dad's roof still. So, so okay, so we're going to start with the first candle, which is purple. It's a promise of leadership and responsibility to the church and ministry. Okay, the yellow one is a pledge of strength and trueness to duties. It's a promise 
to be an example to the church and the community. So we're here for the church and the community around us. We can't forget the community. Yes. The green is a pledge to the stewardship and vow to honesty and truth worthiness. So if we're not honest with ourselves, we're not going to be honest with the people around us. So we have to first be honest with ourselves. And we have to be true to ourselves, too. We have to be just honest people. Just, we have to be ourselves. You know, we can't be fake people. We have to be true people. The blue candle. The blue candle is a symbol of compassion and understanding when dealing with God's people. It's a reminder of the call to hospitality and friendliness. <laughs> sometimes hospitality and friendliness, um, friendliness sometimes goes hard because <laughs> the world is filled with all kinds of people. But you have to have all kinds of people. <laughs> To make the world. <laughs> but the Lord has called us to be friendly to everyone. So, um, the gold candle. The gold candle is a symbol of loyalty and dedication to the Lord and his church. So, the white candle is a pledge to purity and unity of purpose. Is a symbol of singleness of mind and heart. And the red candle is a dedication to preach and teach the covenant of Calvary, which is the church here. And the commitment to uphold the doctrine of the United Pentecostal Church International. And that's what the church represents. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I can do all things through Christ. I can be all men, all things to all men because of Christ. Amen. Again, we want to thank everyone for being here. Family and friends, the Beckers, the family and friends of the Parkers. We want to thank the church. Brother and Sister Parker, and now the new members under Brother and Sister Becker. God loves you all. Amen. When God had a special work that needed to be done, he called special people to do it. We find this in the book of Acts. When the widows were being neglected, and some stuff needed to be done. It may not have been right up there to the apostleship like the rest of them, but it was very important to God. So he chose special people to fulfill special places. Paul knew that converts were going to need someone to shepherd them, someone to oversee them. 
So he told Timothy, we need to get elders in place. We need to appoint people to direct, to guide, to lead. We heard from Bishop Booker that it was God who placed pastors. God called. We understand that Jeremiah 3 and 15 says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding. And so today, Brother and Sister Becker, the Lord has a special work for you. And so today, to the Becker children, the Lord has a special work for you. He's called you here for such a time as this. Amen? Again, I tried to share, I've tried to, in a short amount of time that I could, our love and appreciation for brother and sister Parker. As you guys are on the outgoing, not going anywhere, he's going to help in other areas and help other churches, strengthen pastors. and He's going to keep doing what he's doing, and so is Sister Parker. So don't be surprised if you still get a birthday card, a thinking of you card. Amen. So we thank you for your nine-plus years of serving here um, as pastor. Is that right? Did I say nine? And uh, thank you for laying the foundation that someone else can build upon. Thank you, Brother and Sister Parker, for doing that. And now to you, Brother and Sister Becker. Who are these people? Where did they come from? How did they get here? I don't know a whole lot about them. I know them from a distance. I know that they are willing to do whatever God asks them to do. And I can speak of that personally. My company that I was working for shipped me to Mexico for a while. They would come and fill my pulpit. Drive all the way down. And preach to a congregation they never met before. Because they have a love for truth. What little bit I do know is that Brother Becker served in the Army. Uh, that could be why Brother Parker likes him so much. <laughs> Doesn't pick on him because he's a Marine or nothing like that, you know, but he's in the Army. But good soldier boy, right? He's going to be a good one. <laughs> uh, it was a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne. And uh, he served as command post controller with the United States Air Force Reserve. Um, so he's got some service, and thank you for serving this great country. Amen. Amen. Thank you for serving Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. <clears throat> it appears that he attended um, Apostolic Bible College. Um, 
or was it Bridal College? I, as, I re- as I read through here, he found, that's where he found his wife. So he attended the Apostolic Bridal College <laughs> and got himself a virtuous woman. Amen. Amen. I, I love apostolic. Right? Okay, anyways, let's go on. <laughs> a lot of people got married going to school. Whew. All right. So these are your new leaders. What have they done? Well, according to what I read here, he served as a worship leader. Children's ministry, director, teacher, outreach director, organizational director, prayer coordinator, discipleship director, a church planter. This one's going to come easy because he doesn't have to plant here. Amen? And a pastor. He served as administrative pastor. Currently... Um, he serves as a Section 5, well, he did anyways, or <laughs> Section 5 sectional secretary. Welcome to lacrosse. Amen. <laughs> to put it, as Brother Parker put it, puts it, welcome to God's country. That's what he says. Even though I live down the street. But this is... A little bit of who he is, but it's not everything of who he is. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, it says, This is a true saying. Brother and Sister Becker, if you desire the office of a bishop, according to the Word of God, you desire a good thing. It's a good thing. But he gives us warning and he tells us, This is what the requirements are. A bishop must be blameless, the husband of one. You must be sober, have good behavior, must be given to hospitality, be able to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but you need to be patient. Not a brawler, not covenous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, being lifted up with pride, you fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, It's very important, he says, that we must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. So I ask you today, Brother and Sister Becker, if you'd be willing to stand. And the children, if or the young adults, as my wife says, if you would like to stand as well. But I'm addressing 
your mom and dad. I have a few questions for you. And if you agree to these, if you would respond by saying, I do, or I so commit, however you want to. If you do not agree with any of them, of course you can say, I don't agree or no. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot. But what we are doing is we are taking a responsibility greater than ourselves to lead a church where God wants us to go. We need Joshua's. We need people to remain faithful and pursue. So have you prayfully considered the responsibility, the obligation which this office you are about to fill carries with it? You have. Do you, with a just appreciation of these responsibilities and these obligations, do you accept this office? I feel the Holy Ghost here. Do you accept the office of pastor of this church and promise that you will faithfully endeavor to discharge the duties thereof so as to promote the interest of the congregation and the cause of truth, holiness, and righteousness? Do you promise to preach no other gospel and no other doctrine than the gospel and the doctrine of Jesus Christ and his apostles? Will you promise that you will always seek divine help and that you will faithfully perform the duties of pastor? Study endeavoring to learn and to do things that will make for the peace, purity, and spiritual growth of this congregation. Will you promise to be an example before this congregation in your community and to lead them with the best of your ability so that there is no misunderstanding by them and others to what you believe and what you teach. Will you promise to hold fast the basic fundamental doctrine of this organization? Promise. Would you come forward, if you would, uh, maybe over here, we're away from the flames a little bit. If your family come up, if you would face the crowd. We're going to pray for them now. We're going to pray. Brother Parker, would you come up and pray? Sister Parker, would you be willing? My wife, would you come as we pray for them? During this time, in the road in which they are going to be traveling, Knowing that God 
is in charge. And that we may not know the answer, but we know the God of the answer. And we just need to remain faithful in what we believe and what we know. Congregation, would you stand with me as we pray? Father, I pray right now, Lord, for Brother and Sister Becker. I pray, God, Lord Jesus, Lord, God, that the mantle, Lord Jesus, would be transferred to these two folks, Lord, whom you have called to be the pastor of this church, Lord, and to take on this responsibility. Like that, Lord Jesus, God of Solomon, Lord Jesus of years, God, who am I that I can do this, God? Who am I that I am able? But Lord Jesus, God, give him wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Lord. Give Lord Jesus, Sister Becker, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding, Lord. Give the children today, Lord Jesus, God, a pure heart, Lord Jesus, and determination, God, to remain faithful, God, to do the service that you've called them to do, God, because this is something, Lord, that is great for them as well, Lord, and it will affect them, Lord. I pray, God, Lord Jesus, for this congregation, God, as they will receive the new pastor, God, and then, Lord Jesus, as we believe and go forward, knowing, God, that you are forever faithful, God, and that you have great things stored for us, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, let your blessings be upon them, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost, God, fall into this place today and let it forever fall, God. Let it continue to flow, Lord Jesus, God, throughout the congregation and throughout the days, Lord. Lead them and guide them, Lord Jesus, God. Let your will be done, Lord. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would the church say amen? I now present to you the pastor of Calvary Apostolic Church here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Brother and sister Robert Becker. Isn't God good, Brother Becker? You can be seated for just a moment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Jacobs. I know that was God that gave you that message because... Well, the church is going to find out next Sunday. (laughs) Uh, That was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I can't. And Sister Jacobs, for your message to my children, spot on. (laughs) Thank you. Brother and Sister Parker. I don't even know what to say. You guys have been friends to us in the short time that we've been in the district. Uh, And during this time of transition, uh, you've been so helpful and 
and patient with us <laughs> with all of our questions. And uh, they promised they would still be around to help us figure things out. Uh, yeah, we are not brother and sister Parker. Uh, that is absolutely true. We got the same haircut. So <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would I would also ask you guys to be patient with us. Uh, and the Lord is going to do something awesome here. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. I I. I have no physical proof of that, but as I pray, as I uh, seek the will of God for our, our church, uh, it's confirmed again and again and again. God has something really, really cool in store for us. And uh, it will be because of that foundation that was laid. Right. That is absolutely true. Right. Uh, I have planted a church. And I do know what it's like to start from scratch. And I, I told them when we were coming in, I mean, I'll, I'll take five people who are grounded and committed to truth over 100 people who are kind of in and out. I mean, the numbers of the church don't necessarily matter so much as the spirituality of those that are here. And we absolutely have that. <clears throat> I do want to go on record, Bishop Booker can't hear me say this, but uh, I do want to go on record and thank him for his words of encouragement. Uh, I do wish he was able to be here, but he obviously he's got commitments well above my pay grade. <laughs> so, <laughs> But that was awesome. I, I do appreciate his words of encouragement. Uh, thank you, uh, all of our visitors, my friends, family, uh, on, for Brother and Sister Parker. Uh, thank you so much for being here on this day. Uh, we are going to have refreshments downstairs. If you can stay, uh, please do so. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, let's see. I made a list here so I wouldn't forget anything. Uh, thank you, church, for the opportunity you've given us to minister to you, to serve you in this capacity. And I, I do see it like that. Uh, I am here to serve you, and I'll do anything that I can scripturally. Uh, <laughs> uh, to do that, to advance your ministry, uh, to advance your position uh, in God. Praise God. We're all ministers. We're all called to ministry, and God wants us to fulfill that. Amen. I think I've covered everything. Those that are a part of our church, be here for Wednesday service. Uh, Sunday, as I said, um, we are going to, at least for the second service, we'll do something a little different. We'll do some vision casting, uh, and I will lay out, as I have received it from the Lord, uh, where we're going this year. Amen. Can we stand? And we will pray for the food, and we will pray in dismissal. Again, thank you all so much for being here today. Lord.